26 апреля это случилось. Yeah, right. И никто никому не сказал. И в Киеве люди выходили на демонстрацию, и вся, ря... вся радиация на них шла. What you just heard there is the passionate voice of our mother, who is talking about the effects and aftermath of the Chernobyl disaster. Now, you might have heard of the popular TV show that recently premiered on HBO called Chernobyl, which is about the nuclear accident, nuclear disaster that happened in Ukraine. So today on this five-minute pick-me-up, we wanted to tell you a little story about our experience with Chernobyl because we lived just a short 300 kilometers away from the accident, which is probably about the distance of from Boston to New York. For those of you that are listening for the first time to the 5-Minute Pick-Me-Up, it's a segment where we tell stories uh, that we hear or stories from our past to hopefully motivate you for the week to come. And we, we are starting with a little bit of a somber story, I guess, talking about Chernobyl, but we thought it would be helpful to give you a first-person experience and perspective of what happened after that disaster because a lot of the details there are unknown to many people. Now, what you heard our mother saying in the beginning of the episode is her anger at the fact that the Communist Party, the leadership, did not tell the Russian and the Soviet people anything about what happened. And actually, so the, the disaster happened on April 26th in 1986. We were born in December 1985, a few months premature. And on May 1st, Every single year, there's a national holiday. It's called the Day of International Solidarity of Workers. It's now basically known as Labor Day or Spring Day in the Soviet Union countries and in Russia. But back then, it had a slightly different technical name. But it's a day when there are parades, people come out and celebrate, and there's a lot of public events happening. И все люди пошли на демонстрацию. Я, я с вами сидела дома, ну, но да. зато никакого свежего воздуха и никаких кондиционеров. What my mom specifically remembered is that even though this disaster happened on the April 26th, nobody was really aware of it. Russia worked very, very strongly to prevent this news from getting out to the public. And so on that day, May 1st, which was basically a week later, people were still going outside and celebrating. And of course, you don't want to be outside after a, such a huge nuclear event happens and the Kremlin was very incentivized to hide everything. So you can start seeing this picture of children and parents and newborns and pregnant women celebrating outside days after the radiation has started to proliferate and most of it went north to Belarus and to Russia and to other countries bordering Ukraine as well. And it was incredibly unsafe to be outside. And in fact, the way that people started finding out about the accident was not from the Russian government, was not from the Kremlin, but from their families living abroad, living in the United States from, you know, some people had illegal radio installed in their houses and apartments where they could listen in to Russians living in Washington, D.C., that they could hear about the disaster. Yeah, and of course, there was no free press in Russia and the Soviet Union. So as you can imagine, this government actually closely controlled the media and what the media put out. But our mom even remembered that back when she was a little girl and the same exact type of control was uh, placed over the media, her father, who in our last five-minute pick-me-up we talked about, was 
in the army, worked very closely with a main general. He still, you know, found it important to find the truth, to get the news where possible, like many citizens did. They had their own radio, and they would seek out the stations where news was coming from America. And even several years later, about 25, 30 years later, when we were born, the media was still basically the same. And my mom remembers getting the radio out and finding a show called Golas America which is the voice of America. And they would say, reporting from Washington, voice of America, except in Russian. And uh, then they'd tell you the news that the, U- the Americans got before the Russians. And in this case, it was about Chernobyl and that it had happened and that uh, radiation was, uh, again, permeating the waves in the air. So you can't hide radiation. It started to travel across to Europe, to other countries in Europe, and and information started to leak to Eastern Europeans that this was happening. And... Eventually, the news caught up and basically started telling people what precautions to take. So just to give you an idea of what people were doing in 1986 in the aftermath of this accident, my parents kept all the windows closed all the time. They basically never took us out on walks outside. And mind you, there was no AC back then. Uh, and so you were kind of just in the sweltering heat inside the house. You couldn't open the windows because they said if you did, there'd be more radiation in the house. And if you were outside, of course, people still had to go to work. When you came back in, every single time you came back into the apartment, you had to wash your hair because apparently the radiation would stick to the hair follicle. So that they had to wash the hair, they had to wash the shoes. Basically, my mom did all of this to keep our family as radiation-free as humanly possible. And uh, we were babies at the time, of course, and one of the things that we needed was formula and milk. And you couldn't get milk from just anywhere, right? Because if it had been uh, from a cow that was on a farm that was close to the site of where the disaster happened, then there was likely radiation in the milk. And so they had to go to a northern city in Belarus called Vitebsk and get the milk from there and fly it into Babruisk, Belarus, where we were from. And our older brother would have to get on his bike and ride up to uh, some station in Babruisk where they were distributing all this formula for the children and pick it up for us and bring, bring it back so that we made sure that we could consume formula that was radiation-free. So, of course, we weren't able to escape all of the radiation. We have no idea how it's affecting us long-term and our families. I mean, of course, longer-term, it can cause cancer and all sorts of ailments that we don't even know. We had asthma growing up, but potentially it could have happened because of that. And we will say that uh, I think we don't know really too much about this, but Sergey, you're the one that's watching the show Chernobyl. But the people most affected in the areas that had to be evacuated were about 30 miles around where the disaster happened. And we were well outside of that zone. That's right. But they do say that a lot of the radiation traveled north and it happened very, very quickly. And if people had known sooner, they would have been able to take precautions sooner. Uh, You can take iodine pills, for example, to make the negative effects of radiation a little bit smaller. And we didn't know about it until a little bit later. And even Americans that were traveling in Russia and across the Soviet Union at the time didn't know what happened. And they ended up finding out from the U.S. embassy and the consulate because they basically were told you should leave as soon as possible and you should not uh, be traveling in that area. So before the media even announced it, uh, the Americans that were traveling in the area were finding out. 
So the reason why we wanted to talk about this story during our five-minute pick-me-up today is because we consider ourselves so lucky, and I think that all of us listening should consider ourselves so lucky that we are able in this country and in countries that have democratic processes to challenge authority. In fact, it's promoted. We are raised to challenge the status quo, challenge authority. You have to understand that in this former Soviet Union, everything that you did, let's say you said something against your boss, well, your boss reports to somebody else who reports to somebody else, and everything leads back to the central authority. So if you say something sometimes against your boss, for example, it could be construed that you're saying something against the Communist Party and against the authority. And of course, that's not acceptable at all. It could mean that you're actually a traitor. And so a lot of people were simply afraid to challenge someone when they told them that, you know, everything's okay, you don't have to worry about it, the system is working perfectly, and that's exactly what happened here. When the explosion happened, people were in denial that there could have been such a massive explosion that happened because it was so unfeasible to them that the communist system was so broken. So let's consider ourselves lucky. And of course, when you have fundamental freedoms like that taken away, that affects everything. So people that are normally entrepreneurial and innovative feel like they need to be afraid of, let's say, challenging the status quo because maybe that's going to be seen as a negative. People that want to write about something that they're passionate about or report on something they're passionate about or create art that might, again, challenge uh, some kind of authority might prevent themselves from doing that simply because there are these restrictions and constraints in place. Fortunately, we have almost none of those restrictions here in America. If you want to innovate, if you want to change, if you want to disrupt, if you want to create, you do have the freedom to do that. That's not to say that it's easy, but at the very least, you don't have some of the obstacles that other people face in many areas across the globe. So if you find yourself in a situation where something feels off or you need to raise a point, you need to challenge someone, even if that person is much more senior or much more important than you, remember this story and hopefully you'll be a little bit less afraid to speak up because you need to take advantage of your freedom to do so. That's it for our five-minute pick-me-up for this week and we'll see you on Wednesday.